the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Thank you for joining us, particularly if you're listening online. It's a blessing to have you come and join us again. And today we have Michael. Uh, Last week you would have heard Michael give his testimony. Now, Michael is originally from Germany, and uh, he was raised in the German countryside and had a somewhat idyllic uh, upbringing, you know, out in streams, running through fields and all those sorts of things. And uh, uh, life was good. However, the uh, early teenage years came along and uh, he was uh, suddenly found that he wasn't welcome uh, in his town, in his part of the, the country. Um, people were sort of beating him up in the in the playing ground uh, and he was just facing all sorts of difficulties and uh, he was looking, searching for meaning in life, searching for trying to find out who he was, who, who, who was Michael, what was his identity. And uh, then came knocking on the door was uh, a group of people, some neo-Nazis who uh, promised him security, promised him support, promised to, to bring him into their, their movement, their family, and, uh, and uh, he, he jumped right in. They were offering parties and drink and all sorts of things. And so Michael uh, jumped in headfirst and uh, made some really good friends. And so, uh, Michael, you know, I remember um, reading uh, what what you had wrote, and you were saying how, um, you know, you, you the, pe- the people who brought you in, who recruited you, uh, became really close, really, really good, intimate relationships. They, they were almost, you said, like family. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that, that must be so uh, alluring, you know, for, for particularly at a young age when, um, you know, you, you're seeking to find out who you are and, uh, you know, when you're at school, you're getting beaten up. You know, and then, and then suddenly uh, this group comes around you, tells you not only are you okay, but, you know, you, you, yeah, I guess the term would be cool and that you could join with them and we're having a party. You want to come and have yeah. a beer and talk yes. to some girls. And so yeah, so, so you, you, you signed up. Uh, however, the parties um, sort of moved on from just being having fun into moving to have uh, 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 a mission, as it were. And remind us again, what, what, what was the mission of this, this group that you were in? Yeah, the mission ultimately was uh, to, to take our country back. Um, from from you know just a a, a very um, high migration changing culture open to anything else but our own 
values, our, our own heritage um, because of Germany's unique history with World War II and what happened there. And um, yeah, the mission really was to 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 take it back and and preserve it and and you know bring bring back this this utopia of uh, of, of just a perfect um, country you know where where it belongs to us and we're doing what we want and and all that all that sort of stuff you know yes no I mean uh, you know be, being a Brit you know I'm I'm very proud of my country mm-hmm. you know but. But also there, yeah. So there's elements of of your your national history where you're sort of just like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. really, you know. And uh, but you, so so German uh, people, uh, the school system or so forth, you know, is just beating you down and saying, like, hey, look, you're yeah. you're a white German, therefore, you know, you, you're bad. I mean, because I was reading in here, you you, you wrote how, um, yes, you know, you uh, basically genetically uh, as a white white. German, you're ge- ge- genet- genetically yeah. flawed. I'm sure it's all well intended uh, to to just, and the intention is to prevent f- this from ever happening again. Mm-hmm. So you're really being indoctrinated almost in the school system um, about uh, anything patri- patriotic being bad, anything nationalistic being bad. Which, yeah, of course, there's bad elements. You can always go overboard, but um, sort of like us Germans. We screwed it up really bad, and it all started with patriotism. Therefore, patriotism is bad. It all uh, started with flags everywhere, uh, mm-hmm. swastika flags. Therefore, flags are bad. Uh, it all started with a sense of community in your culture, in your in your um, just uh, people group. Therefore, all these things are bad. We need to be totally open-minded to anything else out there. And um, I think a lot of young German kids kind of fall through the cracks. Right. Um, now, I'm not saying the solution is patriotism. The solution is having identity. I think ultimately we all need our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's nothing in your heart that, that gives you that identity, there can be some very dangerous things that it can be creeping in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because, you know, of course, everyone knows full well that what happened in the build-up to 1939 and so forth was yeah. was hideous. You'd be the first to say that. Yes. Um, and uh, you know that 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 memory will rightfully you know stick for for a period of time. But um, you know you you were there, you know, and so it's yeah. kind of just like uh, you know how 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 do we utilize Michael in in a positive way? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you you were caught up in this neo-Nazi group, which you know obviously disastrous, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. Um, uh, parties, and then it went on to activism. And although you weren't involved in physical violence yourself, there were others around you who were were looking for people uh, who who weren't like you to, in order to 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 attack. But then you were in the middle of a uh, rally, uh, a neo-Nazi national socialist uh, uh, rally, mm-hmm. and um, and then you know God spoke to you. Yes. Yeah, so I've been already secretly going to church, just very intrigued um, at that time. And um, I cannot really tell you when I ultimately gave my heart to the Lord, because I didn't have that 180-degree turnaround. Mm. But um, I think um, God was just calling me, and he had me at a place where I was listening. But I couldn't let go, because to your point, it was my family. Mm. And my, my earthly family was pretty distant at that time, right? We we broken relationships because when you live that kind of lifestyle, you alienate everybody else around you, uh. and they alienate you. You know, you become that to- totally isolated subculture with your own music, your own style, your yeah. your own your own people. And um, but God was speaking to me, and um, 
I was I was starting to really see some of the effects um, on my life. Um, one one thing I want to share that that I think stood even out even more. Um, none of my friends knew at the time that I was starting to go to church, and I was even interested in this Jewish influenced, uh, you know, Christianity that is really bad and not our thing. Um, and there was an old friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while joining one of our party parties, and um, I was walking towards him, wanting to say hi, and he looks at me, and he runs towards me and starts slapping me in the face, huh. screaming to my face. I hate your effing Jesus, right. you know, and get out of here, Jesus, and wow. going completely nuts. And my other friends had to drag him off me and, and, and throw him out, and they were all looking at me like, what is he talking about? What was that, uh, you know? And I was like, oh, I don't know. He's crazy, you know. I wasn't ready yeah. to tell him what's right. going on. Right. But I almost, I already felt like uh, something supernatural is happening yeah. with you. It's like demonic. Part, yeah, part of me didn't like it, right? I was like, I don't really want that. And I tried to resist it. But now, in hindsight, I could really see God, God calling me. And I think the, the ultimate pivotal moment was that, that March in 2007. Um, first, May 1st is a, is a big uh, political day in Germany. You know, you have the, the, the more of like the, the left-leaning part of the country, like kind of marching. It's, it's called um, Day of, of Work, and nobody works on that day. It's a public holiday. It's kind of ironic. But you have, you have all kinds of political marches, including neo-Nazi marches. Um, for all kinds of values. And I was there, and um, we were actually surrounded by Antifa and, and a lot of um, just counter-protesters. And um, we had the police literally had to protect our march because there's a freedom of, of demonstration and, and, and marching in, in Germany, a freedom of speech. So um, it was it was a registered march, and so they had to kind of guide us through there, but they couldn't really have us march our original road because there was so much so much out there, right? So much counter-protest and, um, uh, and uh, counter-protest. And so we were in this, we were kind of boxed in. It was helicopters flying over us, people shouting, angry, Antifa's two streets down the road, police everywhere, that I almost heard an audible voice telling me, like, you don't belong here anymore. I was seeing these faces. I was looking in this in these hateful faces. Some of them were already drunk, um, flags everywhere. I was like, where am I here? What am I doing here? Right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole city is on, on fire, basically, uh, figuratively speaking. And um, I, I wanted to exit that, that demonstration so bad. It was, it was right. during the day, and I couldn't because they wouldn't let me go right. because they knew if they would let me walk off, get I would have beaten up. Yeah. Would be beaten up somewhere, you know, yeah. and uh, so so I had to endure that march. It went on till 10 p.m. that night because wow. it was just a, they had to bus us around. It was just a mess, and I couldn't get out there fast enough. I wow. felt so bad, and pretty soon after, God really started calling me into just really following Him. So it was like a, a road to Damascus bit, you know, you, a, li- you, a little bit. You yeah. know, you're on you're on your way, sort of shouting. You know, you're out there to do a bit of violence. Yep. You know, I mean, like Paul. You know, he's out there trying to imprison and murder yes. uh, a group of people, Christians in that case. You know, and uh, and yet he's on his way to do it. You know, and suddenly it's kind of like it's like what what am I Eating doing here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, did you have a moment when you know you, you you almost audibly heard that voice? Did you have a moment where you were like, "Who are you?" Yes, exactly. It was. It was. It was so impactful that I, I really was, for a few days, I really didn't know what was happening to me, like blind, so to speak, like Paul, right? He's like running around like, okay, what, what's going on? 
And um, pretty soon after, I went into a um, a very intimate time with the Lord where I realized I do belong to Jesus now, um, and he is the only way. And I kind of really drew back from my old friends. I drew back from from that lifestyle. And how how did that go? I mean, did they did they did they say, "Hey, Michael, I, we understand. You know, you go, be happy." You know, no, was no, it like not, that? Or? Not really. Um, some of them didn't really care, but a lot of them were pretty upset. Yeah. Um, I tried for a brief moment to do both. You know, uh, yeah. and uh, it, it doesn't Darkness work at all. And light. You know yeah. exactly, and um, it. I, th- I think if you really start following Jesus, something has to change, yeah. and and that's that's ultimately the evidence that something changes. And um, I just couldn't stand it anymore. Right. I just couldn't stand the constant drinking, the partying till late, in, like early in the morning, really, and just listening to these songs. I was I was irritated by it because the Holy Spirit really started to do a work in your heart, and all of a sudden I wanted to work, you know, just listen to worship music, read the Bible all the time. The things I hated, the things I laughed about, the things I mocked, I started doing. Yeah. Um, because there was literally something supernatural happening in my heart. I mean, that you know, many people are converted to uh, Christianity. You know, you can sort of look back in the past, you know, at the Christians you mocked. You know, it's kind of like, why aren't they partying? You know, there mm-hmm. they are singing these like hymns. You know, they could be out here having fun with us, you know. and Right. Uh, but but so you, you were able to see through, you know, the things of this world, like the partying, you know, because when you're when you're a teenager, you know that that, that that's the that's the epitome. You know, it's kind of like yes. the peak. You know, you're out partying, you're out drinking late nights. You know, living a living a crazy life, and you, you got to that point where God just allowed you to see straight through it. Yes, yes. And so, um, so I'm assuming you kept out of the way of these neo Nazis. You know, otherwise you would have been beaten up by them. And yeah. Yeah, you kind of. I mean, it's funny. I invited a bunch of them to my wedding. I was that was years a Christian at that time already, um, and I stood in touch with some of them. So I invited some of them to my wedding, and some actually came, and, and the gospel was preached. And one of them actually gave their life to Christ oh, years later. Um, and um, so I think um, it wasn't necessarily like you see in the movies that once they catch you, they they kind of cut your tattoos off your arm and they oh. kind of like beat you up. Like it's, it's it's it wasn't like that. I mean. Wow. It wasn't that violent, yeah. but yeah, there was definitely some some uh, some rejection, and you know, our paths just 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 separated naturally because I went followed Jesus, and they yeah. started they c- continued on following whatever they were following. Um, but I always wanted to make sure they know what happened to me, mm. and that's ultimately what I felt like they need to know what happened. Amen. And um, they need to see that he's no longer here because he's following Jesus now. So if we want to see Johannes, uh, want to see Michael. Um, then, uh, then we need to, uh, uh, then we need to see where, you know, we need to follow Jesus ultimately and we'll find him, you know? And so, you know, obviously it's that light as well. Cause even, you know, even when you're stuck in the darkness, mm-hmm. you know, there's that part of you that that's seeking the light, you know, and, right. and, and as you're saying, it's like being part of this group was sort of like a, like a drug, you know, you, you wanted it, you needed it, but all the time it was emptying you. And so they, they were like wondering, you know, well, well you know, where's Michael, you know, you know, at one mm-hmm. point he's, you know, in despair. And then the next minute, you know, he's, it seems like, you know, he's, he's not dancing up and down the hills, you know, but I mean, he, <laughs> he seems to be happy. Yes. He seems to have his life together. He's changed. Yes. And so there, there you are, you know, acting as a, uh, sort of a, a a living evangelist, you know, yes, to, to to those people, and so because uh, you were saying how one uh, friend brought you to church, and um, you know, you were saying uh, quote unquote, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Those Jew loving 
Christians, you know, that once they find out, you know, who I am, they'll want nothing to do with me. Yes. Or did they find out and did they want something to do with you? They did. Um, I was I was very careful not to even show um, my former affiliation because I was very embarrassed by it. And even when I started to go to this church, I was still kind of living that lifestyle. I was still hanging out with these people and, and, and believing some of the things. Um, you know, it's interesting. My, my, the verse that's been most um, true to my life is uh, Philippians 2.13, where it's about the will and, and, and that, that, that God ultimately changes your will and then also um, provides the success in it. I can't really quote it right now the, the right sure, way in sure. English because I only know it in German. Um, but I think ultimately God, God needs to change your heart. Otherwise, you can't change it yourself. You can't just right. turn around and, and believe in something else. And so it took me a while to let go of those worldviews because mm-hmm. I was absolutely on fire for these worldviews. And so I, I told God, like, if you want me to like Jews, then you need to convince me, God, because I have a lot of strong opinions against yeah. them. Yeah. You know, and so obviously I, I kept that secret from, from people at church. There was one pastor um, who I'm still in contact with, I actually called him this morning, and he knew and he was very smart in not pushing too hard on me to let that go because right. he trusted that the Holy Spirit is doing a work. Right. I'm going to leave him be. Yeah. Because if God's doing a work, he's going to come out of that grave eventually. Right. You know. I guess it's like, you know, for, for, for all of us as well, you know, we, we, we get to that point where we're like, oh, Jesus mm-hmm. is the Son of God. You know, it's almost like sometimes it's like, oh, no, you know, I'm gonna, now I've got no excuse. I'm going to have to follow right. him. And so all the junk that we've built up, you know, within ourselves mm-hmm. uh, takes time to be cleansed, doesn't it? Right. You know, it it's does. like, oh, sometimes we could be so stained, you know, that we need several washes, as it were, True. you know, to, to, to get that, get that, well, yes. all of our life, in fact, mm-hmm. to, to, to clean us up. But yeah. so, uh, and you were telling me that the pastor at the church that you were going to in Germany was actually a former Mexican gang member. Is yes, that right? Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah, he was. Uh, picture a, a tattooed Mexican ex um, drug dealer that starts planting a small Calvary Chapel church in in Germany, and and then me uh, showing up, and and you know God God moves in miraculous ways, uh, something we just cannot make up. And uh, it's funny because in my in my religious childhood, where um, the, the the church I belonged at the time to, or my family belonged to, they had, for example, the the very false doctrine that once you're tattooed and you marked yourself, they they take some Old Testament scripture, then you can't really get saved. So tattooing is literally um, uh, Jesus can die for the, the, the most horrible will. sinners, but if you're tattooed, you're done. Right. You know. So I was literally believing that oh, I tattooed myself. You know. Um, so. Um, Mm. I can't be saved, and there's this there's this pastor like tattoos all over his body, um, preaching the gospel. And so I walked up to him like, "Hey, aren't we supposed to not tattoo ourselves? Isn't that something that could get us into hell?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" So, um, a lot of interesting things that I think religion creates in us mm. false false mm-hmm. teachings that that can really drive us away. I literally thought for many reasons. Yeah that I will probably never be able to be saved. Because first of all, I'm a Nazi. I'm tattooed. I probably cursed the Holy Spirit at some point. Yeah. Um, so I'm never going to You're a to write-off. Heaven. You know, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, it turns out you're not a write-off. Exactly. You know? And so I just want to take a, a second to, to, to jump in and say, if you're listening and you think you're a write-off, you're not. we got here a gentleman in front of me, Michael, who's uh, a neo-Nazi, 
uh, you know, who, who wanted to do violent things towards Jews. Uh, Jesus was a Jew and uh, do all these sorts of despicable things. And yet God touched him, spoke to him and turned him around. And if you're listening, he can do the same to you. Don't listen to Satan who's saying, no, 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 I'm just too far gone. If only you knew what I'd done, the things I think, the, the things that I'd done, then you wouldn't have anything to do with me. Well, thank God I'm not Jesus Christ because uh, maybe I won't because I'm a sinful human, but he will. And through me, through him, rather, I will. We, we do want to know who you are. So if you're out there at this point in time, remember that this is Jesus Christ who's calling you to him and is forgiving you. And he's the one who paid the penalty for all the things that you've done so that you can be cleansed, you can be washed and made clean, and you can be forgiven and start a new life. And, you know, Johan, with your, with your new life, one moment you're out marching, you know, what one moment you're seeking, you know, you're, 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 you're turning into an alcoholic, you're seeking to uh, beat people up. I know you physically didn't do it, but you're supporting the group that did. You know, uh, so, you know, in your own words, you're a bit of a write-off. You know, your family had ostracized you, you know. And uh, so what, uh, what, what happened once Jesus burst into your life and turns this hatred into an ever-increasing love? What uh, did you? What were the things that you did for Christ after that? Yeah, I think first came total conviction. You know, you, Jesus really revealing to you step by step um, what kind of a lost person you really are. When you, we talked about Paul earlier and uh, him saying, um, you know, that um, I was literally persecuting Christians. I was I was orchestrating murder against Christians, um, and then Jesus saying, um, if you hate your brother, it's it's like you killed him. Um, me realizing that I celebrated um, and idolized the, the most despicable genocide in, in human history, uh, the Holocaust, really makes me, in, in God's eyes, a mass murderer in my heart. Um, and um, there's much, much worse things, you know, uh, you, you can be than a mass murderer. And so um, really that conviction in God loves me and he died for me for, for this heart, for, for what is in this heart and used to be in this heart, um, was just mind-blowing to me. And with that came a liberation and an absolute just joyfulness that I am forgiven, I am free, and I can now start living my life the way he, he originally made me to be. And it really led me into ministry pretty quickly, never really um, a full-time job kind of gig because Germany has very small churches and, and it's really still very uh, grassroots kind of like you're just serving in church you know you, you, you're helping people you're, you're leading worship maybe you're serving at church and um, um, it really led me into leading worship um, I was always kind of musically gifted I was actually I have a video of me leading a group of neo-nazis in some old SS songs mm. with my guitar and now, um, you know, after I, I, I met Christ, I started leading worship in, in churches and youth groups and still do that to this day. So it's one of the things that God really used. And we also, um, very funny coincidence, um, our, our pastor invited a um, somebody from the Jews for Jesus, which is a Messianic Jewish evangelism group. Oh. Um, and they asked me, because the guy didn't speak uh, any German, 
they asked me, could you translate for him when we go do street evangelism? Yeah. And obviously I didn't tell him at first who I, who I used to be, but here you have a, a, a Jewish believer in Christ talking to Germans on the street and a former ex-neo-Nazi guy translating what he's saying. And then later I told him actually my story. And to your part of your question, how did the church react? How do Christians react? I, I still assumed that he would um, that he would uh, criticize me, that he would be uh, very um, offended by by somebody like me, um, and instead he started crying, hugging me, saying, "This is what what Christ is doing." Right? Oh, he man. brought two hard people, one former very religious Jew against Jesus, and a neo-Nazi against Jesus, and brought them together, and to get together they do the work of Jesus. Wow! So the yeah. people you were out hating shouting against seeking as your movement to hurt you're now washing their feet in a sense you're now seeking out to serve them yes so jesus does turn lives around he absolutely uh, does you know improve uh very very quickly i have a friend named hannah miley who was um a uh uh, jew and uh her parents were killed in the holocaust Mm -hmm. now one of her best friends is the daughter of the leader of the Austrian Nazi party in the Second World War. Wow. So he was one of the most powerful people in, in Austria in the Nazi movement, Second mm-hmm. World War. Now, his daughter is best friends of, of a Jew. There you so, go. you know, both of them are, are Christian, and, uh, you know, Christ was able to form that forgiveness and bridge. Yes. But remember, whoever's listening now, that we are all, uh, for, we can all be forgiven and we can all have our lives turned around as Michael has told us. So so do do think about that, and don't just think that you are a write-off because that's Satan whispering in your ear. Yes, the things that I've done, the things that you've done are bad, but we don't have to keep doing them. We can be forgiven. We can be cleansed. We can be turned around to do good. May God bless you through your week. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.